this week on Crossed Up Podcast. I apologize for nearly two-year hiatus. We pretend that nothing happened, and we talk a little bit about MotoGP. Sorry about that. This is Crossed Up Podcast. Welcome back. We're uh, recording again after almost a two-year absence. Oops. <laughs> Oops is definitely a, a right word for that. Yeah, so we're going to jump back into it like uh, we never left and start with MotoGP. Argentina was today, and uh, we just finished watching the race. It, it the, the results aren't even on Google or Wikipedia yet. Yeah, it was a, it was a great race. We highly recommend watching. Fantastic. Everyone absolutely deserved the positions that they got. I don't want to go into like big spoilers, but everyone deserved where they, they placed. It, it was a fantastic race. Um, just very fair. Yeah, um, yeah. And even unfair races can be fantastic, but yeah. Um, so we should, I mean, going from that, we should probably talk about our um let me just adjust the audio here we should probably talk about um what we've decided to do this year to make MotoGP a little bit more interesting which is our fantasy teams yeah yeah so do you want to talk about the rules or should i talk about the rules why don't you talk about the rules all right so uh we came up with this kind of uh, fun system of basically choosing riders that we think are going to do well this year they're nothing uh you know it's not our exactly our predictions of you know oh this person is guaranteed going to win but just kind of riders that we think are kind of going to stand out this year uh and so each person chooses two riders uh and we have two teams so you have a factory team and a satellite team and each team has two riders uh, factory riders earn two points for every point that they earn in the championship, and satellite riders earn one point for every point. Uh, and you're allowed one trade per season per bike. So, you know, you have four bikes essentially, so you could trade every single one of those riders if you wanted to at some point in the season. Uh, and then um, you can choose any rider except for Mark Marquez. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which uh, turned out to be a, a good choice this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, no spoilers. Um, so, um, there, there is one thing we should talk about. Our rules are very similar to the MotoGP official fantasy rules, um, except they use a budget system where each rider is given a value and, and you have like a, a cash amount that you're allowed to spend. Um, we didn't do something like that. We didn't do anything like that. Um, we actually came up with these rules shortly before MotoGP announced the fantasy rules, uh, and they're so th- and they do end up being very similar. Um, so yeah, very very simple rules. Um, so my team is uh, fact. My factory team is Zarco and Brad Bender, um, who have been doing solid for me. Uh, Zarco, well, we'll get into our strategies a little bit later. Um, I don't want to get into it right away. Uh, and then my satellite team is Martin and Jorge Martin and Quateraro. Um They just so happen to be the, the top four qualifiers from Indonesia, which, which worked out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brian, want you... Yeah, so we uh, we we did kind of a, a normal draft pick, where you know I went first, and then uh, so I chose my first rider, and then Derek chose his first rider, uh, and so my team is um, the factory Ducati team for the the factory team is uh, Benyai and Miller, and then my satellite team is Mir and Paul Spargo. Yeah, yeah, um, your team did did pretty well. Um, this time, unfortunately, my my factory team didn't pull out for me like a you know I was I was hoping, but you know that's what happens. Um, I currently have 151 points, um, and I have 30 after Indonesia. 
yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, not all the results are in, so we're still waiting on on some of the points um, because we didn't feel like doing math after the race. We're just going to wait for the official point numbers to come out. Um, but, you know, anyway. You win some, you lose some. Today wasn't a great day for me, uh, unfortunately. But it was, uh, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. We, it was fine. We did do roughly equivalent, I think, in the points. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to get into spoilers. But yeah. <laughs> but Jorge Martin let me down. <laughs> so. But yeah. So do you want to talk about our strategy a little bit? Because um, we actually had kind of like opposite strategies. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you go into your strategy? So, my my strategy was that, um, first, I mean, I picked Benyaya because I thought that he had a really good chance of winning the, the championship this year in general. Uh, he's, he's kind of been a strong rider. Um, and then I picked Miller because uh, I figured he, he has a little bit of a reputation for crashing, not exorbitantly so. Um, but you know, because he gets double points and the races that he doesn't crash out of, he generally tends to do pretty well. I figure that, um, you know, it's a, it's a good way to kind of rack up the points. Uh, and then I chose Mir and Paula Spargo because, uh, I figured that they were pretty good, uh, generally reliable riders that don't crash very often, uh, and, uh, generally ride pretty well and are usually in the top 10 or close to it. Nice. Yeah. I, um, I took the other approach because we're not, we're not using like, you know, we're not allowing Marquez who just always used to always just dominate every single race, who was both, you know, high point score and extremely reliable. Um, I decided to change my, my tactic up. So I, I came at it using the same sort of analysis that you did, which is, who are my point scorers, my, my big point winners, and who are my most reliable riders? And I decided, I think, you know, kind of the slow and steady wins of the race kind of mentality, where I went with my most reliable scorers, points earners, uh, on my factory team. So, you know, Zarco, you know, he, he gets on the podium a couple of times, uh, you know, not every season, but, you know, he's been known to, to climb the steps. And um, same thing uh, with Bender. Um, but they tend to be middle of the pack, usually north of, in, in the top ten somewhere, usually. Um, but, you know, on their worst day, they're, they're usually in the points. Um, and so whatever points they do earn, I get double. Um, and then my satellite team is the the guys who I feel like are more likely to earn they they use um this season uh the commentator's been using the word peaky meaning like they have their ups so they have their downs um when they're up they're high up when they're down they're down low um those kind of scores so people who tend to win a race, and then be out of the points for the next race. But there's a high probability that they're going to get, you know, 15 to 20, 25 points when they do win um, or when they are riding well. So that's Martin and Quattararo, um for me. And I figured that it would be better to have okay points every race that get doubled versus having, you know, a lot of zeros that get doubled. Uh, speaking of a lot of zeros that got doubled, what happened to you in Indonesia, Brian? Uh, Benyaya and Miller didn't do super great. They both got big old goose eggs. And no, no, that was, that was Qatar. Oh, I'm sorry, Qatar. My yeah. mistake. My mistake. Yeah. I meant Qatar. I'm looking yeah. at the numbers here. No, they both got Qatar, big old goose eggs, yeah, and they're Qatar, they your, both crashed out. <laughs> they are on your factory team. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so in the uh, the interest of keeping GP short as we yeah. normally do, um, let's uh, let's move let's on. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you really want to talk about the new Pilot Road Sixes? Just the, just the Road Six. Oh, they dropped the Pilot. Did name. they drop the Pilot? Oh yeah, they dropped Pilot like three years ago, or five. Years I haven't ago, had right? I haven't had a street <laughs> bike 
yeah. in a long time. Uh, so, Michelin has put out the Road 6, and as tire nerds, we're kind of uh, obligated to talk about this. Uh, I have had the Road 5s. I've actually had two sets of Road 5s for the VFR now. Uh, and um, really, really impressed with the, the wet weather grip as well as the longevity. Uh, and the the Road 6 is supposedly supposed to get slightly better wet weather grip and slightly better longevity. Um, who knows about dry grip? You know, generally, in order to get better longevity, you use a little bit of a harder compound, um, which means that you have a little bit worse dry grip. But do you, do you remember the numbers for the better rain and better longevity? They claim 15% better wet grip and 10% better longevity. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to... It's hard to, it's hard to improve on perfection. Uh, I loved <laughs> my, my, at the time, Pilot Road 4s. Yeah. Um, they were fantastic tires. Um, I, I don't think I've ever had a, a tire that was that good in the rain. Yeah. Um, since yeah. those. Yeah, and I, I really like the Road 5s, so we'll, we'll probably spoon on a set of the Road 6s under the VFR once, uh, once I wear out, wear out the tires that are on the bike. Uh, and, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe in 15,000 miles, have a review on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah, so I mean those those are gonna be those are gonna be interesting. I, I I can't wait to see what the reviews are of them. I'm, I I can't imagine that they ruin the tire. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Uh, personally, uh, for street tires, I've been running the Scorpion Trails. Um, trail being not that they're a trail tire or in any way a dirt oriented tire. They're just sized for adventure and dirt bikes. Um, and supermotos. So that's my street bike tire. That's my street tire. It was fantastic um, in Arkansas. Oh. Yeah, we didn't put out We that didn't episode, put out yeah. any of those episodes. <laughs> uh, but the, so let's, let's we took on. a trip to Arkansas <laughs> and we recorded a, a, a nightly, nightly episode almost every night. And I need to... I need to do that. Just, oops, just a little backlog. Oops. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just we're just going to call this the oops period. Yeah, this um, Yeah. So, let's move on. Uh you and some people from the group are going on a uh, a little trip to the BDR, the yep. Backcountry Discovery Routes, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? What yeah. what is the BDR and what are you guys planning on doing? I think I've mentioned the BDR on, on at least one of our previous episodes, um, but probably, maybe not. Backcountry Discovery Routes are a group of roads and trails that are put together um, by a really great team. Uh, they go from, you know, they go across a lot of different states. Um, they focus on off-road and trails in this case, um, it's mostly it's mostly paved road, but they've basically connected together a lot of really technical, unimproved roads. So there's not much like single track and kind of dirt bike stuff. Um, it's definitely on the harder side for big bikes, but definitely well within the realm of of doability on the big bikes. Um, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be my first multi-night trip that I lead for this group. Um, I've, I've led with some other groups and stuff going down to tail the dragon, things like that. But this is my first like off road overnight. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, it'd be awesome if you could get an Africa twin and come along, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would like to, but you know, I, uh, 
it's not really in the cards yet. Um, but uh, what are you what are you looking forward to most on on this trip? Ah, uh, that's that's a hard question. I'm really looking forward to doing all of it. I love moto camping, uh, so I'm looking forward to sleeping in my hammock next to my bike uh, and you know that kind of stuff camping out uh we're gonna be doing a mix of camping and hotels so you know we're not gonna be absolutely filthy um i'm looking forward to picking up my bike a lot (laughs) (laughs) uh no i mean it's an adventure it's a challenge so that's what i'm really looking forward to um being you know a type 1 diabetic that adds a lot of other challenges to it and uh, that also adds a, a, a level of complexity and, you know, makes it a little bit more difficult. There's a little bit more on the line. You know, if I crash and break all my insulin, then, you know, my week's over. Uh, I got to go to a hospital. So, you know, uh, it, it's, um, it's a little bit daunting, but... Uh, think it'll be overall um a fun experience no matter what happens even if we get like rained on and and just turns into a bunch of mud it'll just be an adventure if we don't make it to the end it's still just an adventure so yeah 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 that's and that's what adventure is about yeah so speaking of adventure let's maybe talk about now that we're getting into the 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 spring season and people are starting to ride their bikes more maybe let's talk about how people can be prepared for this upcoming season. You know, maybe your bike has been sitting in the garage for three months to six months. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what what can you do to make sure that your bike and you are prepared? That's a, that's a good one. Um, so if, if you f- go into your garage, right, like I, I'm sure a lot of people haven't started riding yet. Uh, when you go out to your garage and you go to start your bike for the first time, it doesn't start. I guarantee it's the battery. Um, that's going to be the first thing that, that a lot of people run into. And then you see the, all the posts online. My bike makes a ticking sound, but it won't start. I don't know what's going. It's your battery. It's. Did you see that post on Reddit too? What? The If your bike doesn't start in the spring, it's your battery? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I just saw that. So I thought that's why you were bringing it up. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> And that wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, nope. But yeah, so yeah, um, uh, it's just one I hear a lot. Yeah. yeah, every every spring I see the posts online. As yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So check your battery. You know, if you if you have a battery charger, it's usually a good idea to go ahead and hook it up. If you haven't had it hooked up for uh, for the winter, you know, hook it up maybe a week before you plan on actually starting to take it out again uh you know you can you can take the battery out of your bike and maybe plug it in in the garage or something if uh, maybe your battery tender isn't uh the cable isn't long enough uh but uh let's talk about maybe gas so mm-hmm. if you've had gas that was unstabilized or uh you know just regular ethanol gas you know maybe you have a carbureted bike uh carbureted bikes are a little bit more uh, prone to having having issues in the spring when you go to start it up um, so you know make sure that you either if your if your gas is bad drain it out get some new fresh gas uh, or you know um, try to get it get it somewhere that you can get some fresh gas yeah yeah uh, or bring fresh gas back to it um, th- it's a little late but uh, I always run right at the end of the season. I make a point of always filling up with ethanol-free gas for the last, you know, month. You know, when it gets to that point where you're, you're like, uh, any day it could start, you know, snowing. And, and you know, because I, I don't put my bike away on a specific date. Um, yeah. So for that last month, I spend a little extra money, which, I mean, when you're paying you know, a couple extra cents per gallon for five gallons, it really doesn't add up. Spend that little extra, get ethanol free if you can. Um, If not, put some stabilizer in before the winter. I mean, like I said, it's too late. Um, But uh, if you think that your gas is bad already, 
uh, get yourself a little bit of uh, like uh, just just good quality ethanol free gas and and mix that in like a gallon into your tank if you have space um, and that'll help uh, freshen up that gas a little bit um, it's worked for me in the past with with small engines um, I've never really had that issue with my my motorcycles because I take better care of those than a leaf blower. Yep. All right, next thing is check your tire pressures. Uh, sometimes, you know, let's say if you put your bike away and it was, say, 50 out, uh, and you're pulling it out now and it's maybe a little bit cooler than that, uh, your pressures could be lower or it could have just lost a little bit of air over the winter. So, uh, you know, make sure that before you before you start really riding that you, you check your tire pressures and make sure that you have the right amount of pressure. Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't do it, but it's a good idea. I, I should do it. <laughs> do but. do as we say, maybe not as we do. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, when we when we went to the first motorcycle club meeting, I just kind of like just jumped on my bike. I it was not a good example. All right, this is a bad <laughs> example of what to do. I, for some reason, couldn't find my good helmet, so I put on my backup helmet. I also couldn't find one of my good gloves, so I put on my backup gloves, which are mesh. They are not. They're unarmored, and they're mesh. Uh, and I wore sneakers because I was in a rush. And I also didn't check my tire pressures. And I now found that I have a small drip of, ga- of oil coming off my bike. So it wasn't like that in storage, but very easily I could have backed over a small oil spill in my garage gotten oil all over my front tire, pulled out of my driveway, and Brian, you know how I pull out of my driveway. I fucking lean the bike all the way over, like a <laughs> MotoGP rider, and ate shit. Very easily could have happened. Yeah. I could have completely ate shit in the driveway, in the parking lot here, and not been well protected. It was a bad <laughs> move, and... uh don't do that. Yeah. Be so, prepared. So also remember, you're getting back on your bike. You're going to be rusty. So make sure you're wearing all your gear. Make sure you're, you know, taking it easy for a little while until you get back in the groove of it. And, um, you know, just just keep that in mind that your your instincts aren't quite back yet. Yeah. For that those first few rides. Yeah. And the, the important note that I will make about this is to kind of keep in mind that coming out of winter, most car drivers have gotten a little bit used to not seeing motorcycles on the road. You know, it's been three or six months of them only seeing other cars. So they're, they're not going to be as used to looking for motorcycles uh, or, you know, quote unquote, seeing them show up in their mirrors, right? Yeah. Uh, so make sure that you're, you know, you're being careful. You're using, using uh, as much visibility as you can on the road, uh, because their car drivers aren't going to be looking out for you. So it's it's yeah. important to stay safe. Um, you know, just remember for the whole winter, the only single headlighted objects they've been seeing have been cars with one headlight out. Like that's that's it. Yep. So, um, they're they're just not expecting it. Um, they're not primed for it. Yeah. So that being said, make sure you also get out to your parking lots or other other uh, quiet areas. You know, get your uh, beginning of the season emergency stops uh, practiced mm-hmm. and your figure eights. Especially and, if you don't have ABS. Yep. Uh, you should be practicing that, and you should be you should have those down solid if you don't have ABS. Yep. So go ahead and just you know take a take a weekend or two when when you start riding. Uh, for the for the season, you know, get out there and get your practice in, get your slow speed maneuvers in, uh, and then you know, obviously, it's always good to keep practicing them throughout the season. But at the at the beginning of the season, I would say is most important. Yeah, for sure. Um. So that I mean, is there anything else you're thinking? I've got I think I've got one other one. No. No. Okay. Um. What was that last one? Um, no, I kind of already covered it. It was just that, like, remember, you're going to be rusty. Um, 
go go ahead and watch. Uh, you know what I do every every year at the beginning of of the season. Twist of the wrist. Twist of the wrist. Twist the well, specifically Twist of the wrist two, which is available on YouTube in Electric uh, Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it in a in not great quality, but decent quality. Um, it's available on YouTube, and you should definitely watch it. Um, just as a quick refresher of what are your SRs, your survival reactions, and um, what are your, uh, your, like, how to maneuver the bike, uh, what to look out for. Remember, uh, do you need to quick flick when pulling into a parking lot? Yes. <laughs> no. You don't need to quick flick when you're pulling into a parking lot. So, you know, just, uh, that's a good, you know what we should do? We should do a director's commentary for Twist of the Wrist. <laughs> but we're not the director. Uh, not a, you know what I mean? Like a, a movie commentary where we watch Twist of the Wrist and and talk over it. That's an idea. Yeah, an idea. and just make comments and talk shit about those little kids in the school. When <laughs> 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 he makes them all repeat the lines. Uh, yeah, so we should do that. <laughs> All right, keep an eye out for that, guys. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's move on. Okay, uh, let's talk about crashing. Let's talk about crashing. All right, that's really relevant to the beginning of the season. It is, it and is. we both have experience in it. Yeah, yeah, you are most likely to get into uh, a crash. You know. Towards the beginning of the season, where you're kind of a little bit rusty, you haven't, you haven't been riding yet, uh, and then you know, a lot of times during during the beginning of the season, it's going to be a little bit colder, so your rides are going to be a little bit shorter, and as we know, uh, most accidents happen when you're within some like five or ten miles of your house, things like that, mm-hmm. because you're a little bit complacent. Uh, so let's let's talk about crash. Uh, yeah, and also another factor is uh, spring is very unpredictable weather. It doesn't get very hot. It's not unusual to find damp parts of, of roads. Um, your tires are already at a lower temperature because the, the roads are colder. Uh, at least where we are here, it snowed today. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's not unusual to to crash it in the beginning of the season. Um, Let's talk. I'm going to go first, actually. Um, I've had a few crashes. Um, I'm trying to think of which one I want to start with. My, my first crash was at a go-kart track on my YZF600R, uh, my first bike. I, there is a video of it. If you look up Crash Day Bro, you'll probably be able to find it. <laughs> um, and yes, that's a joke on Track Day Bro. Uh, anyway... <laughs> So, I fired it out of a corner. My rear tire lost grip. It high-sided me down the track, which is where you don't want to be. My bike did several flips, and uh, no one else was injured, luckily. Um, That's what you get for trying to keep up with supermotos on a 600. But uh, I was dumb, and it was my first bike. It was a situation I probably should not have put myself in. Although I did have a blast. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can get going really fast on a go-kart track, it turns out. And I've had kind of a lasting injury to my right shoulder because of it. Um, so, what did I do wrong? Um, okay. So... There's a little bit of a gray legal gray area in this story. Um, so I did not have track insurance, nor did I try to make a claim for bringing my bike to a track. I called my insurance company to ask them to no longer insure the motorcycle um, after I had forfeited the registration. And they informed me that they would no longer be able to offer me motorcycle insurance on any future bikes because I had taken my motorcycle to a track. Um, I didn't make a claim. In fact, I told them 
oh, you know, well, it, I crashed it at a track and, you know, it's not covered under my insurance and I can't make a claim because it's my own damn fault. You know, I wrecked my own bike. So, you know, whatever. Um, not going to make a claim. Um, you know, it didn't happen on the road. It happened on a track. Uh, so, you know, I get to eat, you know, eat that cost. So they then informed me that they could never insure, insure me again for any future motorcycles. <sighs> Technically, not informing them would have been fraud. Um, but also, I didn't break my contract because I uh, did not make a claim, which isn't insurance fraud either. And, and so that... Two, two bad decisions is what I'm going to say. Um, and so now I can never get insurance through this particular company. Uh, I'm okay with that. But, you know, it could have it could have led to something worse potentially. They didn't, like, cancel my car insurance. It was strictly motors Or my renter's insurance. It was strictly motorcycle. So that was my first crash. Um, some other mistakes I made. I should have probably gone to the hospital for my shoulder injury nothing is broken um but i do have some like mus muscular stuff they may who knows um i just should i should have gone i should have gotten it checked out um and that's on me uh let's see the do you want to do your yours okay okay so uh i don't think we talked about it on the show yet but uh Two years ago, I put the ninja into a guardrail. Uh, the, uh, I guess the mistakes I made were, you know, kind of not looking through the corner um, and uh, mostly riding beyond my own limits. Uh, I I'd kind of gotten a little bit into that aspect of, uh, you know, that, um, that uh, I guess the, the kind of peak of skill level where you know you're you're kind of at that point in the graph where you think that you know a lot but in reality you're still kind of you're just barely starting to pick it up and so i i became a little bit overconfident and was riding a little bit too quickly uh, with people that um, i felt i should be able to keep up with uh, so you know the the biggest mistake was um you know riding riding beyond my own ride uh, and you know that's that's kind of something that a lot of people try to say you know they say ride your own ride but in reality actually doing it is uh, something that you have to learn you yeah. know it's it's not something that you can just kind of pick up and you know I, I know that I was guilty of kind of saying like oh yeah you know I, I ride my own ride I know what I'm doing um, but in reality uh, you know it's it's important to make sure that you know you're you're pushing yourself to be a good rider but that doesn't necessarily mean pushing yourself to be fast and pushing yourself to uh, keep up with people that uh, you really probably shouldn't uh, because their their skills are going to be different from yours yeah um i, I just want to add to that that since that accident um you know i before the accident, you, you did ride your own ride, but sometimes the, I don't want to say peer pressure, but it's kind of peer pressure. That I mean, pressure of keeping up with your friends and, and riding along with your friends and not holding them up um, would sometimes get to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, after that accident, it feels like, especially after our Arkansas trip, that that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. You're much more content to ride your own ride, not exceed your own abilities just because it's inconveniencing someone else in, in the ride. Um, and just ride your ride in the most truest sense of that. Yeah. And I have to commend you for making that change to your riding style. Because um, I've seen other people have an accident have another accident and then 
like total their bike on a trip where like it became very obvious like within a day there's like oh dude and then uh and then uh you're going home <laughs> you know yeah. um so i have to commend that nice. um and i think that that's that's one of the marks of a really good rider nice um so yeah i uh, there were there were some other things that happened as a result. Do you mind getting into some of that? Because I feel like a lot of people, especially in single single rider incidents, like my first ride, and, or my first crash, and your first crash where you, no one else was involved, mm-hmm. um, there's kind of this thought that like, well, no one else was hurt, so I don't have to do X, Y, Z. Um, what was your experience with that? Uh, I want to try to be a little bit careful about what we say so that we're not uh, essentially recommending people on anything that legally could put you into a specific position. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, well, so as a group, Mm -hmm. we had made certain choices that were not great choices um, that caused some issues. I don't think I would suggest any of those choices to anyone to do, even though I think yeah, I had suggested yeah. some of them at the time. Yeah, yeah. So um, because I yeah didn't really realize how much of an issue it would, it would become. Yeah, yeah. So you know, obviously, the first things to do whenever you get into any kind of accident uh, is you know stay with your vehicle. Um, it's generally pretty important. Um, but I, w- I guess I'll, I'll kind of reel back a little bit and uh, preface with, you know, obviously you have to be very, very aware of what the rules and requirements are anytime you get into an accident in not just your state, but any state that you may be traveling into. Uh, apparently in certain states, there are rules like anytime you get into an accident that a tow truck is required, you must call the police. Um, and they must come and take a statement or something, regardless of whether or not it was a single person uh, thing like that. You know, it's it's always um, important to be be aware of what the rules and requirements are, no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, stay with your vehicle. Uh, make sure that if there's well, that's... and if you don't know, um, err on the side of caution. Yeah, and follow you know your best judgment whether that's you know contacting uh, the police and just you know saying hey i had this accident i didn't damage any property i didn't damage anyone else um and you know i have to call a tow truck do you need to like is do you need to come out and you know i'm fine but is there a legal requirement for someone to come out yeah um yeah so so just be cautious. Yep. Uh, and then if the police call you later and say, hey, do you want to tell me about what happened? Decline to answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no reason to say anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of, a lot of people uh, that will tell you that generally speaking, talking to the police about uh, a lot of things um, can be, can be incriminating for you. Mm-hmm even unintentionally so uh so you know make sure that you're you're not even unintentionally incriminating yourself and ending up with a a ticket that they send you that you can't fight because now you're one or two states or however many states away uh so you know make sure that you you don't accidentally self-incriminate yeah um there's no you know you can just be like ah i don't know I hit I hit the guardrail. Uh, how that happened? I, hmm. Not yeah. yeah yeah or you know I I'm sure that there <laughs> there's better recommendations out there yeah. for what specifically <laughs> to say, uh, but you know um, just uh, you know it's better it's yeah. better to say nothing, in most most cases. Yeah, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, you know I wish I could tell you. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, so, okay. And, yeah, and, and keep in mind that those small towns, it can be, if it's a really small town, it can be very, very tough to fight something, even if you wanted to go back yeah. to fight this ticket. Because... Uh, it's how a lot of them make their money. Yeah, it's how a lot of them make yeah. their money. And in a lot of cases, it's going to simply end up being your word against someone else's word uh, who possibly wasn't even there um, but you know that person knows the knows the judge or is friends with the judge and uh, you know you're some person from out of town that they don't know so there's some other things that happen that were probably a bad idea um, such as moving the bike to the opposite side of the guardrail so that it wasn't visible from the street um, because someone had called the police when they saw us moving the bike or something and then the police came and saw the bike on the other side of the guardrail and thought someone had gone over the guardrail oh no we it, didn't do that you did we yeah we, we did i thought we just propped it up on the guardrail no we like moved it to behind the guardrail and i i, I, I remember hearing that that had caused some issues maybe not i don't think we did oh okay i don't think we um did. We definitely moved the bike, though. I think we uh, just kind of, like, scooted it down. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, um, and then there was, because no one was with the bike, they had impounded to, it. Yeah, they, they yeah. called their own tow truck and had someone impound it. And so we had to, well, I had to pay not only to get it out of impound, but then to figure out the towing situation back to here. Um, so, you know, that's, that's entirely, entirely us. Yeah. Um, now did, did this have an impact on your insurance? No. Okay. And why, do you know why? Uh, likely because I had liability only and didn't file a claim. Yeah. Um, so that's, that is one of the, one of the things you didn't file a claim. Um, it also had to do with the reciprocity situation with our state and that state, which there wasn't any. Um, so, uh, both of those things. So that's, yeah, that's, that's your, that's the story of the ninja. Um, I've got another one that I wanted to share. This is the only accident that I've had that involved somebody else. Um, we were on the tail of the dragon. Uh, I was on the Africa Twin, and I was falling behind three of my friends. And I was what I felt was a safe distance from them because there are a lot of blind corners on the tail of the dragon. So I was, I was actually farther behind them than they were from each other. But I was keeping up, same speed, Sometimes a little bit faster. It gives me a little bit more breathing room. Um, someone was pulled off the side of the road, saw the three bikes pass them, but did not see me. Or didn't realize. They just, one, two, three, okay. And they pulled out in front of me. And I hit my brakes. But unfortunately, this person had pulled over kind of mid-corner. And they pulled out in front of me mid-corner. And I was braking as hard as I could. And I got about six inches from the rear bumper. And I realized that I was going to hit their car. So I instinctually grabbed a bunch more front brake. My brakes are linked. And that instantly dropped the bike. Um, my front wheel lost traction, the bike instantly slammed down, um, and began to spin, uh, because my, um, engine guards had caught, and the rear tire, kind of like, if it fell to the right, uh, and kind of continued straight in the corner, on the exit of the corner, I was sent backward up the sh- up the road. So I'm sliding on my butt uphill on the exit of this corner. I'm, I'm hoping that this makes sense. 
kind of uh, uh, if I hope I'm painting the right picture. And my jacket catches the the asphalt and gets squeezed between my butt and the asphalt. And it yanks the back of my jacket down and I slam my head into the ground. Like, hard enough that I couldn't see for like a couple seconds while I was sliding. My vision came back very, very quickly. Um, I had known that I, I knew that like that happened to boxers and things like that when they got punched in the face hard enough. They'd black, like their, they, their vision would just go black for a second. Um, I didn't lose consciousness, but, you know, my, my visual cortex had stopped functioning for like a second or two. Um, that driver vanished. They, they just left. They saw me. I know that they had hit their brakes when they realized I was like right behind them. And I don't think it was intentional on their part, but... It was very close to... I mean, they, they definitely caused my accident by pulling out in front of me. Um, granted, I was going fast, but... I do feel that if you're on the tail of the dragon, you know vehicles are going to be going fast. Like, that's just part of it. Yeah. Um, so, I ended up having a minor concussion. Um... And I'm so glad I can still remember the total eclipse of the sun from that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I cut up my foot. Uh, and I probably, again, another one where I probably should have gone to the hospital if we didn't have... Uh, I th was he with us? I don't remember. I don't remember if the doctor was with us or not. Anyway. Um, uh, yes, Valentino Rossi. Yes, Valentino Rossi. <laughs> not an actual doctor who I don't want to name right now. I don't remember if he was with us or not. Um, but it, I, you know, I didn't go because I didn't want to miss the eclipse. And I did have a fantastic day. I also couldn't remember people's names. I'd like look at them in the face and be like, uh, Dave, like people I'd known for like five years, like, like their names just wouldn't come to my head mm -hmm. at all. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's the story of how I added parts to the parts tree at, um, Tale of the Dragon. Um, I've been very lucky. I, I haven't had a road accident that required like getting towed. Um, and as a result, I haven't had to deal with some of those, those issues that you've had to deal with. And, um, you know, I just think it's important for everyone to know kind of what their rules are, um, and to not just play it easy, you know, yeah. be cautious. If, if you damage any property and like let's say you would hit the guardrail and cause damage to the guardrail and then just left that would be a hit run i mean that would be damaging property and then just leaving yeah. without you know so just because you had a single rider accident don't don't think that you know you're not liable. It won't cause issues down the road. I think that was something we all kind of thought. Oh well, as long as as long as we hide it and we can come back in the next five hours, it'll be all good. And I think it was before we'd even gotten home that you got a call from the police. Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, so we towed your bike, uh, and we need to know why it was, you know, wrecked and you know, moved and." all that stuff so just be cautious sorry i've been kind of ranting a little bit but <laughs> no, yeah. um yeah so you know just everyone stay safe out there you know? yeah um it's uh motorcycling is itself not inherently more dangerous than anything else mm -hmm. uh but you know it's it's important to understand your own limits 
and the rules and requirements of where you intend on riding. Yeah. Uh, and uh, wear yeah. a helmet. Yeah. If please. I hadn't been wearing a helmet, I, I probably would have died that day yeah. please, on the Tell the Dragon. Please be careful. Wear your helmet. Wear your gear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to... that was a little bit of a, a sad note, but uh, well, I wouldn't say not sad, sad, but just serious. 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 serious note. Definitely a more serious episode. Um, yeah. Sorry we've been gone for so long. Uh, that's been... A whole story. Um, but uh, we do plan on getting back into the podcasting and, and keeping it consistent. I think our next episode is going to be the the um, Twist of the Wrist commentary episode. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and... Uh, uh, I yeah. think I think to to get some engagement, uh, we'd like to hear from you guys about your yep. first crash. Let us know, you know, maybe what what are some of the mistakes that you made? What what do you plan on doing better uh, to either prevent the crash or that maybe you have to let other people know about, uh, you know, if it happens, what are some mistakes that you you can be aware of to to try to avoid? Yeah. Uh, so go ahead and shoot us an email. Yeah, and it, if you have had an accident, uh, give us the full story. We'd like to hear it. Um, contact at crossuppodcasts.com. I almost forgot. Uh, also, there is a contact form on our website, crossuppodcasts.com. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, anywhere that you accept pod, like that you get your podcasts and takes reviews. Um, we're on all of those. You can also get all of our episodes on our website. So I actually know we've gotten a few hits and downloads from our website recently. So they seem to be legit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Oh uh, yeah, the Instagram. Crossed up podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can you can see pictures of the the podcast cat, who yep. is uh, actually not here right now, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Normally she uh, she's, she's in a very, box over there. Uh, yeah, normally she's very interested. The moment we were in the middle of, uh, <laughs> of recording, I, yeah. she'd come, meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, she got her fill with MotoGP. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so please recommend us to anyone that you know that might be wanting to ride a motorcycle or yep. already rides and maybe needs some motorcycle content. Uh, and uh, we we'd love to hear from you. Please should send we us email. should we start a feud with Nokomoto? <laughs> Since they they seem to enjoy the the podcast podcast feuds, I, we uh, might let be us a little know. too small for them. I don't we know. I mean, but yeah, it'll be a David them, and Goliath story. Yeah, let them know that we exist. If you also listen to them, yeah, and uh, and I'll just know. shamelessly plug Nokomoto. If you want to hear two guys get drunk and talk, you know out of their ass about motorcycles uh it's a great podcast <laughs> um but they actually are quite informative and and they are they're an excellent podcast and entertaining yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah so thank you so much for listening to crossed up podcast and sticking with us for three years and eight uh, now Eight nine episodes. episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, we're we're averaging three episodes Since a year. year. Not so, bad. Uh, <laughs> not, not quite quarterly, but you know, not bad. Not bad. Um, and uh, yeah, send us emails. Please follow us and uh, leave us reviews. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. I'm Brian. And I'm Derek. And we'll catch you next time. I feel like we had a specific outro. Did we? I don't remember. I'm just going to end the episode, though.